Hi, everybody. So this episode of Once Upon Upside deals with some mature topics. So uh, it may not be for everybody. There's some dramas that the, the girls cover. Listen at your own discretion. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Once Upon an Upside. I am back after a bit of a hiatus to talk about some more Up TV movies with you. And I'm just your host, and we have Cami with us today. Hey, everybody. It's been a little while. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. So these movies are a little different. Um, the first three were more faith-based spiritual films. They're airing, I believe, around the time of Easter. And then our fourth movie is our traditional fluffy rom-com. So we have some different different movies to talk about today. All right. So we can dive right into the first one, which is Run the Race. And summary for this one is against the backdrop of high school football and track, two brothers in a small southern town face escalating problems with two different worldviews, straining but ultimately strengthening the bonds of brotherhood. All-star athlete Zach Truitt finds glory on the high school football field working to earn a college scholarship and a ticket out of town. When a devastating knee injury forces Zach to the sidelines, his brother laces up his cleats to complete to compete in track and field. This one stars Tanner Stein, Chris Palaha, Evan Hofer, and Kelsey Reinhardt. And unfortunately, Chris Stripper Palaha is not playing a lovable character like we normally see him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I, I'm an actor, right? So I know perfectly well what happens when different actors create different characters but I swear this took me back to the first time I watched Carrie Elwes play a a villain (laughs) Carrie Elwes was Princess Bride right and he Mm -hmm. was Wesley and that's all I had ever seen him in and he was the romantic and he was the hero and he was amazing with a sword And then I watch him in the live version of Jungle Book back in the 90s, and he's a villain. I'm like, ah! (laughs) I had deja vu watching Christopher Palaha play a drunken father. I'm like, what? Oh, oh. (laughs) Yes, it was quite the the shocker for sure. (laughs) Shock to our systems. (laughs) Now we'll just have to go watch like Mystery 101, you know, after this. And we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find the, the Chris Palaha we know and love. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but anyway, so we have these two brothers, um, Zach and Dave. And so they're very different. So Dave is more like the responsible brother. He goes to church. He's, you know, very well-mannered. And then we have Zach who um, doesn't really believe in God and he kind of likes to party and do his own thing he's all about football um so we have these two brothers and um they both kind of have this strained relationship with their dad although dave is a bit more forgiving and like willing to give him a second chance um and a third and a fourth yeah. and a sixth and an eighth and a twelfth you know? <laughs> yes he's quite quite forgiving of his um of his father whereas zach wants nothing to do with him nothing um but anyway so zach is you know this up-and-coming football player he's trying to get the scholarship and he ends up going to this party getting in a fight a necessary fight <laughs> and hurting his knee and so he is unable to play football and this kind of starts knee. the whole thing 
the guy takes a cheap shot to his knee. I mean, when, when you say knee injury, you think in a football game or yeah. do it or doing something or a household accident or something like that. Like, no, this was in a fight with a cheap shot that he could have totally avoided. Yeah. If he had just kept his cool. He's very, he's very tempered. Yes, he, he has. He has a very much a red hot temper that can be that can be fused very, very easily. Yeah, he's quite reactive. He lets this guy taunt him and he could have just easily like let it go. But he's like, no, I got to I got to engage. And, you know, it starts this whole thing. And um, yeah, so he ends up not being able to play football. And this really is devastating to him because like to him football was his ticket out of this town and out of his situation. Like they're right. Um, I think they're taken care of by like a nanny or something. So they don't, you know, their so, mother's, their mother was dead, right? And their mother is dead. Yes. yes. She died and, of cancer. And, um, and right after she died, dad took went off. off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're living in the house. This is the part that confused me because the whole movie, I thought Dave was the older brother. I, the entire movie, I thought Dave was the older brother. And then at the very end, he says, it's weird to be saying this about your little brother. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so you have these two teenage boys living in their family home. They have jobs at a grocery store Mm-hmm. owned by nanny who is their godmother and yeah I but mean, otherwise yes, they're basically unsupervised for the majority of the movie they're completely unsupervised and they're and, they're in high school so they're underage <laughs> yeah and i i just went where is cps <laughs> <laughs> i know and like how are I they paying for how, everything <laughs> i guess I maybe nanny is they, helping wait sorry what was that I was like, well, how are, and how are they paying for everything? So I'm assuming their nanny was helping or maybe dad was paying stuff, but I didn't get that impression. Well, she said that she was, she said that she would pay for anything their insurance didn't cover with the knee surgery, but how do these two have insurance when they're high school students? (laughs) I just, I don't, I don't know exactly how they were managing i i don't know how they were able to stay where they were unless mm-hmm. just because it was a small town and it's one of those things where everybody knows what the situation is so yeah it's okay i i don't know yeah i did feel like there was some like holes in the story like where i just was confused about things like one thing is so we know that because uh zach you know, hurts his knee. He can't do football and it ends up transitioning into Dave doing track, but Zach is training with Dave this whole time. So I'm like, if his knee is hurt, how is he able to run, but not play football? That's where I was really confused. I'm like, why can't he play football? He's running with his brother. So having, having had a brother who plays football, um, playing football is much, much, much harder on the joints and just the body in general than mm-hmm. track is because 
when you're in track, yes, your knee can give out from so much running, but in football, you can take a hit and another player can fall on top of yeah. that knee and, and you can twist it wrong. And a, a lot more things can go badly in football than they can in track. And the, the other thing is that that's why Zach was ready for the race at the end because he had right. been training, but you know, he started out really slow. He started out getting, he, he started out by just taking baby steps However, all of that being said, he was fully functional. And so, yeah, he, I think he could have been playing football at least a little earlier than when he ran track, but I do believe that by then he had missed too much of the season. I think uh, that that's was a good the point biggest too. problem. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So another thing we need to mention, um, is that Zach's brother, Dave, has some kind of medical condition. He has seizures a lot. I don't know if they ever explained why he has the seizures, um, but that's something that was like a big kind of worry at first, especially with him like taking on more physical activity of doing the track and um, things like that. I thought the first time that he went down in the grocery store, I thought he was going to die right then and there. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I thought that was it because. I don't know if I just missed that he had that kind of medical condition. I I don't know, but I did not know that that was coming. And so I see him all by himself. Zach has his headphones in and I just say to myself, what's going to happen? Something bad's going to happen. What's going to happen? Because these aren't this, we could tell this is another, the fluffy rom-com movie. We don't know if something tragic is going to happen and something tragic does happen you know at the yes, end yes but there i yet. thought it was gonna happen much <laughs> earlier <laughs> yeah and but yeah so he's just mopping i'm like wait for it wait for it. oh he went down yeah and i mean and zach didn't hear him and or anything and i i thought he was gonna die right then and there and then and then zach finds him and Dave says, whoa, that was a bad one. Wait, what? You know, <laughs> this, this happens regularly. Why were your headphones in? Why did you split up? You know, right. <laughs> Gotta have a system in place, people. People, <laughs> especially when there are no parents. Right, yeah. <laughs> but can I, can I just say really quickly, Frances Fisher, who plays Nanny, Oh my gosh, she is a first-class act as an actor. And she, I think, is very underused. And I just adore her. She is so classy. And she has gone from, I've only ever seen her in mother roles. And now she's more of a Mm -hmm. grandmother slash godmother role. But I just thought, I thought her place in the movie where they're not her children, but she is just as good as their mother or their grandmother. I I thought it was beautiful the way they put the whole relationship there and she owns the grocery store and that's Mm. why they have the job there. And so, I mean, when you put Christopher Palaha and Francis Fisher in one movie, (laughs) (laughs) holy moly, you know, you're going to have a pretty dang good project. 
Yeah. For sure. Um, another thing is, though, to mention is so these two both are having some sort of medical things going on. So they've both been spending a lot of time in the hospital, which is how Zach meets Ginger, who is like a nurse intern. <laughs> how old is she? I don't know. I don't... I, I my impression of this movie is like set back like not in, quite in present day so maybe it's just allowed to be a nurse intern I don't know if that's really a thing for high school students no um, it's a candy striper yeah if you're if you're a teenager you're a candy striper you are not an intern until you're in college right or like in medical school <laughs> right so I am really really hoping because when I was a freshman in college, I was dating a senior in high school, but he was only a few months younger than I was. So I, I'm really hoping that was the case because I could not make, that was what, that was one of my only problems with this movie is I could not tell how old people were. <laughs> like, how old are you? How old are you? And how old are you? What? Yeah. <laughs> what what was your guess was she 19 was she 20 I'm really Um, hoping she wasn't 21 or older (laughs) I think like from like the like the script perspective I think they were supposed to be similar age but actress wise I think she looked a little too old like she looked like a college student and so I think that did a little bit hurt like that like that relationship for me to like enjoy it because she looked a little too too old um not like old old but like you know she looked no yeah she looks too old to be his girlfriend yeah Yeah. when when she comes into the room and he starts asking for a number I I mean my first gut reaction was ew (laughs) (laughs) right he's such a like a flirt he's kind of got that player attitude uh so I think that that was a little bit of a sticking point for me where like I didn't quite get on board with their relationship it just didn't quite work for me um there were a couple of times when it was cute that yeah. once I got used to the idea, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll back this up now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as he starts to, um, to see her and also like kind of through his brother's influence, I think as well, like he starts exploring the idea of faith and I kind of want to talk about, so when, um, she has him come to meet her parents <laughs> and then later they have like the faith talk. I thought that was a really interesting scene. I felt, I felt conflicted. I'm curious what you thought. I thought in some aspects, she was a little unfair because, you know, I think when you have that kind of conversation with someone, you have to like respect that they come from a different place and maybe they didn't grow up the way you do or have the same experiences. Like she was very well off, clearly, you know, she's very privileged. And so um, I thought in some ways she was a little unfair. And he made valid points, but I really appreciated in the conversation. She was very calm. She didn't get like snarky with him about it. Like she kind of respected like that. He was, you know, his feelings that he was having. So I was curious what you thought about that scene. Well, the funny thing is I've never been serious with somebody who wasn't of my faith. So that was a completely different that was a completely different kind of experience. I mean, I've witnessed that kind of thing before, but very rarely, and I've never experienced it myself. So that would, that would take some very deep digging to get, you know, to get that kind of thing. However, I did think that she knew who he was 
she knew where he came from and for her to come on to him so strong and so hard it was like wait a minute why are you dating me in the first place right and I I just thought why why is this happening and I thought I thought that his parents were very fair to him. You yeah. know, he, he was compelled to be honest. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't want to be, but he was compelled to be honest with <laughs> the dad stare, you know? Yeah, the dad stare. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he explained it, he was honest. He was forthright. It just took a little prodding. And then the dad really relieved a lot of his internal suffering, I think, by saying, you're not the only person at this table who has had their faith shaken and I wonder if Ginger hadn't had that experience yet because she because she seemed all of a sudden very hardcore gung-ho we need to believe in the same things if this is going to work and so I thought he was a little too reactive so there were points where both of them could have improved but yeah I agree that that was a little unfair but he could have reacted a little bit better yeah I know like she didn't see like you know maybe what we saw in the movie obviously because she had just met him but I'm like I feel like you have to like you usually get that sense about somebody yeah if you're like I feel like you had to have known (laughs) he wasn't quite there you gotta know something I mean I don't know that he ever took her to their home. I I don't see that happening, right. but it's also a small town. <laughs> it also is a very small town. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so that was, was definitely interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, continuing through the movie, um, Dave is kind of being successful with his track um, up until he has a very, very large seizure that puts him in the hospital and he is unable to um, complete um, the race he was supposed to run. And so he asks Zach to take his place for him. Um, Do you Zach know how Perry. legal that is? My impression was that it was not legal. Um, I figured yeah. my impression was that it was like the type of like race or meat or whatever that you have to qualify for. So you wouldn't just get <laughs> put someone in your place. Let's and just even, do a little switcheroo. They have the same last name. No and big didn't deal. even the coach say something like, oh, we'll figure it out later. Like he knew it wasn't right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I And okay, this is going to take you way back. But the coach was Dwight, the uh, social worker in Free Willy. I recognized him from his voice. Really? The <laughs> second he came on screen and I always loved him in that character and so I loved watching him play the coach and then he said that and I went wait what okay I'm not an athlete so I don't know exactly how all that works but I'm pretty sure that a lot of competitions are the same as others now if if it was a team then you could just consider Zach an alternate Right. But that's not what it appeared to be. It appeared that he was he was running the race as himself for himself. Right. So, so yeah, I don't some know. possibly <laughs> illegal 
<laughs> race swapping going on here. Gray area. <laughs> He's gray area. Creative license here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, you know, through kind of some of these experiences, you know, um, Zach has started to be more open to faith. Um, I think he even prays at this point. He's maybe praying or yes, at least opening the conversation. Um, running. Zach has another really intense, or Dave, sorry, Dave has a really another intense seizure and basically dies while Zach is running the race. And it was a pretty emotional moment, like pretty very emotional, emotional. Like, well done moment. It was a very, very emotional moment with with Nanny and Mike holding each other and just crying and the shock. And then you have Zach blissfully unaware. Those those kinds of things, those kinds of scenes are always the most heartbreaking for me when something tragic is happening and another character is completely unaware. I just think, oh, the crash is coming. The crash is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And on to be completely honest, I almost wish that there had been more of a crash with Zach. I mean, I, I think I know where they were going, that there that his faith was that strong by now that he was okay letting his brother go. But at the same time, his brother was his lifeline. His brother was his link to sanity. His brother was his anchor, right. you know, who kept him grounded and who kept him calm and kept him down to earth. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that there could have been a little bit more heartbreak instead of jumping straight into the, okay, I've accepted this and now I'm speaking at right. his feet. Yeah, it was it was a pretty fast like ending because this was like right at the end of the movie anyway. Yeah, so kind of wrapped it up really fast, which um, I thought was very. I thought that was very interesting that they would have him die at the end of the movie. I, you know, it's it's always um, they die in the middle or in the middle end, mm-hmm. and then they have to, and then the other character has to go on the rest of the way trying to figure out how to live without them right um but i mean the way it was done was great it just it did seem very rushed mm-hmm. yeah because pretty much you know he dies at this point um zach and ginger have made up and then we kind of just jumped to zach is using dave's death to kind of teach other children about god and we see him that he's playing football so we assume he got the scholarship that he wanted. He's playing college ball, I believe, at the very end. And that's that's kind of the end. College or pro ball, one of the two. So he made it to one of the levels. So Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that is run, run the race. First movie. All right. Cami, are you ready to rate it? I am. I am right, ready to give this it? time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give this one an eight. This was my favorite of the four. Wow. This was, this was my favorite of the four. I thought, I thought the acting was really well done. I thought that the story, while it had a few holes was for the most part, pretty strong. I just didn't know how old anybody was. (laughs) (laughs) So so I'm going to, I'm going to give this one an eight. All right. Um, I give it a five. I give it like right in the middle. 
I appreciated the nature of the movie and like the story it was trying to tell. And then it was like a faith-based film, but it just felt a little too disjointed for me. And I think that it just kind of hurt it for me, like not being able to get quite into it. Um, We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right, let's move into our second film. And in my um, opinion, the most interesting film of the four, Faith, Hope, and Love. And this one is about recent divorcee Faith enters a dance contest to save her dance studio where she meets Jimmy Hope and rediscovers her faith and dreams. This one stars Vita Murgatroyd and Robert Krantz and Natasha Bure is also in it as well. That's not the storyline. <laughs> kind of, kind of is. It's just, it's, it's, it's taking a few liberties. A few liberties. <laughs> so I want to say right off the bat though, I appreciated that this movie about a dancer features a real life professional dancer. Thank you. Yes. I, I hate when movies like here's a musician and then you never see them really playing because you know they're faking it the whole time because they can't actually play music or something. So yeah. I appreciated yeah. that we got to really experience the dancing of this movie um, because she is a real professional dancer. <laughs> yes, she is. And you can tell. Yes. I mean, not only not only do they feature the dancing, but the way she moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is no doubt about it. Right. So, um, so this one starts off with, um, we have the father, Jimmy Hope, and he has two daughters, Gia and Demetra. And Demetra takes dance lessons at this woman's studio. And there's like, I was a little, honestly, I was really confused on the whole setup of what was going on, but there's sort of like this fundraiser thing that leads to this dance competition. So the competition is, pro schmo so one it's kind of like dancing with the stars but not but at home people <laughs> what was that i was like but at home because they never but actually like go live with an audience until the very right end. so it was so it was couples dancing one of the dancers had to be a professional the other one could not be a professional mm-hmm. and and so then they take the best dance that they have they send it in and then the finalists are chosen from there and mm-hmm. then they all come to the to the final competition to see who wins yes so he ends up being able to he, he he competes against like one other person for the spot but he ends up getting in and they sort of start the training process all the while he's also got this work drama going on because he's like his boss wants to let him go because he's just not focused and not really performing 
played by Corbin Burnson, awesome actor. Yes. <laughs> John's dad for the psych fans out there. <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. And um, so his boss ends up giving him one last chance for this, like to do a advertising pitch um, for this company. It's like a, um, it's a dating, dating website. Site. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Soul, soul to soul. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. So he is working on that while he's doing this whole dance thing. Um, I feel like one of my biggest issues with this movie is. I felt like it almost focused too much on the dancing and I felt like the storyline kind of got lost in it, but I did like the dancing. I just felt like the story didn't quite mesh with the dancing. Did you feel that or was it just me? Well, it's funny that you should say that because I remember watching this movie on Netflix years ago. Oh, really? And, yes. And so this is the first time that it's premiered on television, but yeah, I remember watching it years ago. And, um, and I thought kind of the same thing. I, I thought, is this a faith based movie or is this a dance movie? And, you know, I completely appreciate them trying to mesh the two. I think what they were trying to do is make the movie more mainstream while mm -hmm. still keeping it a faith based movie. Yeah. But that is incredibly hard to do. And so it's just, it, there were a few too many lavishly out there characters for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I, I just like, okay, okay, let's, uh, ooh, ah, yikes. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like this movie was a little, it was a little all over the place. It didn't quite have a focus, but at the same point or at the same time, I think they had good chemistry and I was surprised. They did. Usually when a movie is this unfocused, I, the chemistry suffers, but they had really good chemistry. So I give them props for that. They did a good job. Yeah. I mean, the whole dance is moving close, but they never kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that was my very bad attempt at Australian. <laughs> that, that's my hardest accent. Anyway, but um, but the, the whole moving in close, but never kissing. And then it, it happens only twice and that they're right there and they stay right there. I mean, that was some steamy work right there. And I, I thought, okay, these two, these two have it down. And I don't know if, I don't know if the man who played Jimmy has any dance experience or they just got him because he could move decently i i don't because he's supposed to be the schmo right you know, he, he did a really he, good job he was fabulous that's what i mean so i don't know if he has a background in dance or if he could just move really well and then they taught him from there i don't know but the the chemistry buildup and the way that they integrated the chemistry into the dancing that was that was something I really really appreciated mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so this one also has some faith elements um they're they're not quite as like direct I, I feel as like the previous movie um and but it also was more naturally integrated because she was spending more time with him. And like, so she would like show up at his Bible study or whatever, like, Hey, guess what? And I have that one scene 
where she shows up and says, we did it. And the old lady was like, looks like someone's having a baby. <laughs> and Ed Asner, well, I'm Fred Astaire and this is Ginger Rogers. You can't say married anymore. You have to say dance partner. <laughs> so I really thought that was really funny. <laughs> oh, it was, you're, you're right though. It, there wasn't as much of a push because it was the way he lived his daily life it was the way he always was he was there was no putting on a show there was I mean there was a very obvious faith element but Mm -hmm. it's but it's the way he always lived and she kind of went into that and integrated herself into his life and when you integrate yourself into someone's life like that you're going to end up going through some very spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like when she was helping him with his pitch and like, he was asking her like the questions that would be like part of the dating site, like just even the way she answered her questions, I felt like it was really, even though it was like literally just her talking, it was really this kind of poignant moment. And like, it really was emotional to hear her talking about her experiences and things and how it related to her concept of faith and her life. Yeah, I don't know that I would put, I had an eating disorder when I was a teenager on a dating site. (laughs) Let's just leave it at, I can't have kids. (laughs) Because I mean, that, what I will say though, is it was a way to get all of that background out there. And it was a way for Jimmy to find out all of that background without it being too unnatural. And Mm -hmm. it happens by asking questions for a dating website. But yeah, notice that that clip didn't make it into the final cut of the pitch, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But it was, but it was heart wrenching. And you know, Mm -hmm. that's, we do that here. We record through and then we say uh don't like that I said that let's cut that out right maybe a little too personal for the entire public too right and you tell somebody after you've gotten to know them right and she had gotten to know him by then and that's why I think that she was okay answering all those questions Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so yeah so they're obviously growing closer together um she he helps her um do this revenge date oh my gosh like, this one was a little hard for me because i'm like are we in high school or event date <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was too much for me for two like grown adults <laughs> but it was so much fun but it was entertaining it was entertaining <laughs> i mean what's worse the revenge date or the dance-off at her high school reunion i mean what date was worse I like the dance off a little more oh it was because I thought it was fun like it was fun whereas like the revenge day it just feels petty but it was fun and they got a kiss out of it <laughs> that's true that is true <laughs> um and yeah and so she also has some run-ins with her ex because he is like part of the judging for this competition which I that's feel like should be- not be allowed that's got to be a conflict of interest. Right. You know? um, I love what, I love what the receptionist, what is her name? The receptionist at the dance studio. She said, 
great dancer, but a terrible husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, it doesn't end up being too much of a problem for her, really. I mean, it wasn't a big source of conflict that I He remember. actually gave her some really good advice when he said, trust your partner and let him lead. You know, they mm-hmm. they integrated it a little late. You know, it's like it's like the end of cutting edge when they say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna put the Pemchenko in. <laughs> You're going to put an elaborately difficult and five-star level move that you don't even know is legal into your routine at the very last <laughs> second. And that's what's gonna win you the gold. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah you just you cannot say when you've been practicing a certain way for months all of a sudden you can't say two seconds before you go on stage by the way you're leading like what right (laughs) you're just gonna mess it up (laughs) but yeah they keep advancing through the the competition she or there was kind of i don't feel like there was a main conflict in this one like they had the tiny conflict where um he wasn't sure he was gonna be able to make it to the final thing the final dance but then he is very easily able to by the end so to me that wasn't a real conflict it got resolved a little quickly to be a true conflict that that is one thing that i really like that they did because they showed the conflict they showed that it was a problem you know if it were me i would have just called her and said tell them to put us at the end Right. You know, that that's that's easy to do. I mean, how long do pitches and presentations really take? Not that long. Um, But anyway, so I really like how he did his entire presentation. He did the whole thing. He sat back down. Then he realized I can still make it. I can't let Mm -hmm. her down. And then he goes out the door and he lets Brian, his boss, take it from there. And I went, that is smart. That is the good way to do it in business and in relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's able to do both. They're able to do their, their final dance. And then again, we have another wrap up where her studio gets saved because that was another sort of conflict where there was like an eviction notice at one point. It wasn't a conflict between them, but it was a conflict in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she ends up getting baptized. They get married and she's able to have a baby. So all ends well for Faith, Jimmy Hope, and love. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to put it that way. (laughs) All right. So I will go first in my rating for this one. I've been debating my rating for this one. Now that I'm talking about it, I feel like I enjoyed it more than I originally rated it. I rated it a four. I think I might give it a five. I think I just didn't know how I felt because it was kind of a weird movie. It was kind of like funny, but sometimes too much. It was a bit bonkers. It was a bit all over the place. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna I'm gonna up it to a solid five. Like another one right in the middle. I I do think the the writing needed some more work. Um, but they had such good chemistry. So I'm gonna give it to him. I'm gonna give him a five okay how about you i'm i'm gonna go a seven because i mean nobody knows this it's the best kept secret on the podcast but i really dig chemistry Shocker. no way yeah, i know <laughs> <laughs> chemistry is so important for me and mm. 
the fact that she was a legit dancer that is huge yes and that they and that the dance what if you're going to put a story around that it was very featured and I just really like how the dance was focused so the difference between them was very featured because we don't know if the actor who played Jimmy was a professional dancer or not. I don't think he was a professional, but he could have mm-hmm. just, he could have just been dumbing down his skills. Yeah. So yeah, he, you really saw him make the journey from terrible and yeah, he can move better than what's his name, hog, you know, <laughs> yeah. but and just take him from there, the the <laughs> the lesser of the two evils, to a very decent dancer. And then mm-hmm. the chemistry was fantastic. So yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the seven. All right. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Next one is small group. And this one is about a documentary filmmaker who infiltrates a small church group to document how imperfect people live for Christ. When his producer gets angry and exposes him to the church, the director has to deal with the repercussions. And this one stars Sterling Hurst, Emily Dunlop, Matt Chastain, and Derek Gilliam. So this is another interesting one. And I felt out of the four, it felt like the most professional movie. Like it felt a little more, well, I don't know. You're giving me a look. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, I just disagree. It was, it, it, it was, uh, it was bonkers for for me that out of out of the three faith films it seemed the most bonkers you know just it was going here it's going there it's going everywhere and the (laughs) and the characters were very caricaturish you know they were but I think that was the point and that's why I liked it more than the other ones because I think I saw more of a vision of what it was trying to do and I think it was I, I saw it kind of almost as not quite a parody because I think they were like, they weren't like trying to make fun, but they almost were poking fun in a way that they see like, this is how Christians come off sometimes to people. And it was really over the top, but I felt that was an intentional over the top. So I liked it. And I think this I mean, is the one we're going to disagree on. It's a, a little bit. Yeah. But it, it just, it was a little, I mean, I realized that's what they were trying to do. It just was a little too much over the top for me. And when when Ballard took the, the three of them out for dinner, when they're still considering whether or not they should stay, I swear they inserted pig noises in the audio. 
when, when he's scarfing down his food, I'm like, no, there is no way that those noises came from that man's mouth or his nose. I swear they put pig noises in the audio. In- <laughs> I didn't even notice. Maybe I'll go back and listen. I did. <laughs> Yes, but backtracking a little bit. So we have Scott and Mary Cooper, their daughter, Casey. They're moving from California to Georgia to do this documentary. Um, the initial problem is that Scott is like a, a true documentarian. Like he, he, you know, people know he's doing a documentary when he's doing it. And in this case, this producer wants him to go undercover to expose the Christians, you know. Yeah, um, he doesn't do things without people's consent. which is a really, I mean, he's not an overly religious person, but I felt like he was a real moral person. Right. And that what that went completely against his conscience. Mm -hmm. And it just shows, especially with how broke his family was, and they had just made this big move and all of that. It just shows how very powerful money can be. Yeah, because they're money desperate. They yeah, didn't they have were. any money. <laughs> yeah, they had no money, and money is a very powerful weapon. Mm-hmm. And Ballard knew how to use it, <laughs> right? And and he and he kind of tried to make them feel better, like, oh no, no, this just to get like the authentic picture. Like he made it seem like you know it was just it was gonna be for their benefit. Like the, they're gonna change the our minds, right? <laughs> but we know, we know as the audience, oh, we know. know he's just throwing them a line. That's not oh, yeah. what he wants to do. And and I feel like that was very apparent through the whole thing that like whenever um oh what was that one dude's name? I forget. Uh, Shane the guy who was like always making these ridiculous jokes like you're like oh yeah we know they're gonna use that you know oh gosh out of context Shane I I I did not know what to do with Shane (laughs) he kind of annoyed me I I will admit (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say the movie was perfect (laughs) I just said I appreciated what the humor (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) um In the story too, you know, because we, we start out with some of like flashbacks of like how Christianity was presented to him. And I think it was like maybe his grandmother or mother. I don't know. It, it was, was his like, grandmother and like, it was terrifying. Fear. Like you're going to, you know, fire and hell. And like, that's not never how you should present Christianity to somebody that's totally beside like the true nature of it. Can you imagine a grandmother telling her grandchild to hold a lighter under their right. hand that's like child abuse come on like let's burn your hand and really really drive that point in no yeah your mother's gonna love that yeah <laughs> right so he's obviously not had the greatest experience with christianity um but he agrees to do this they he infiltrates the the group and they starts going to this mega church he starts going to this small group we have like you said all these caricatures basically we have like the very awkward dads the very like kind of judgmental-ish moms and very very stereotypical in a way it wasn't that's not been quite my experience with small groups but I, I do appreciate the humor and I do like I can see that in some places for sure there's some truth there no it's I'm I'm not disagreeing with that there is some truth there it's just 
when it's in every single scene that (laughs) yeah it was a bit much and honestly this movie was a bit long it was almost a full two hours and it it was a bit much yeah it for it to go on that long with all that and going to every single extreme and just like Mm -hmm. wow (laughs) um yeah, because they have a lot of like moments too where they're like just kind of like having the conver- like the faith conversations. And that to me, those were that was like kind of my like big critique on there is I didn't feel like some of those moments were authentic. I just kind of felt like we were getting a sermon. I agree. Yes. yes. Yeah. That that's when that that's when you have to really be careful because faith-based movies, they they if they're done really well then they're fabulous but sometimes they just sound pushy mm-hmm. and like they're trying to drill this into you and there were several times I'm like hey we're, we're getting to the drilling side here guys yeah <laughs> ease yeah. off ease off a little bit yeah I felt that way after um I think it was after um Mary loses her baby and the friend was like trying to like talk to her about stuff about like grace and suffering and i'm like yes like you're not wrong but she just lost her like you just need to be there like you just need to listen to her and i think that's um that is something i think we can kind of critique christians on is sometimes like they just want to like god's got a plan and like kind of throw out these platitudes but like sometimes you just need to be there and like sit with someone in their suffering and don't try to fix it like just just be there for them yeah don't make it a moment that was actually one thing that I appreciated was that her friend was, you know, uh, her friend fell asleep at the, at the bedside, at the hospital bedside. Mm -hmm. She was there and she was staying there. And, you know, all the ladies came into the room all at once at one point. And when they heard that Mary was having trouble and, uh, and they all prayed with her, which was lovely. And then, you just, you just got to cry with people sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just, you don't fix their problems. You, you bear their problems with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I got a little ahead of us. We also had this whole trip to Guatemala. That's quite interesting. The conversation on the plane that got twisted. I'm like, does this guy ever think about what's coming out of his mouth? No. Yeah. <laughs> And that's one of the, that's one of the things that I think bothered me the most about Shane. I'm just like, okay, I get it. You don't have, I mean, every single word that was coming out of me. Okay. Like you can be serious some of the time. If I was friends with this guy in real life, I don't know how long the friendship would last. (laughs) One day. I would just say, sayonara, dude, I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so they go on this, this trip and it kind of like raises some points about like how, you know, someone else might view like people who do mission trips and like what their real intention is, is there yeah. to like snap a few photos and like, look what good I did in the world. Um, or is it really like, you know, you know, you're really believing in what you're doing. And I did like, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said, we're here to serve them, not save them. And I really like Sam that, um, that line. Yeah, Sam, the uh, the the man who ran the center for the boys down in Guatemala. And mm-hmm. it's so funny. I don't know how many people know this, but 
I went to Nicaragua for three years. My dad was called to be in charge of all the missionaries of our faith for three years down there. And so, and I went down there with both my parents. And so <laughs> when I heard that the mission trip was to Guatemala, I've been to Guatemala. And so I was like, okay, all right, I got to see this. <laughs> and then just all the stuff they were doing, like, oh man, this is bringing me back. <laughs> yeah. They face some, some real stuff in Guatemala. I mean, stuff that happens in the U.S. too, like prostitution. And then the gang was mad because they just disrupted the prostitution business. And um... I could not believe that we that it looked like we were about to watch a man lose his life over mm -hmm. the business and mm -hmm. i i just went oh my gosh are they seriously gonna do it are they seriously gonna do it don't do it don't do it yeah um and uh but like i said even though coop didn't have a very strong religious compass he had a very strong moral compass. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the way he ran in there and pulled Carlos's sister out and punched the guy out <laughs> until, until uh, the, the littler guy, what's his name? I don't know, but he was Guatemalan and he jumped on top of the guy and he, and, and he did the, the chokehold until he passed out. And, but I mean, he was not afraid to just go in there and get her out. And I loved how those real life experiences, seeing things that they were stopping through their trip, I really loved how that made, I really loved how that made his cover fall. Mm -hmm. You know, he started doing those things for real out of the goodness of his heart. But then when Mary was losing the baby, his, he, he completely blew his own cover. He started acting angry. He started saying the glory of God, what's that about? You know, and I'm just like, wow, he's not even trying to pretend anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was a huge huge thing and it was a very big process that they showed him go through mm -hmm. yeah but I think it was good they showed that because even people who you know aren't pretending who are like real Christians um they're gonna have those same moments where they they're gonna have faith crises and doubt absolutely like everyone's gonna go through that so yeah it was good that they showed that um but yeah like you said Mary is at this point losing the baby he's trying to get back and it's oddly enough, it's the neighbor that is able to come to her rescue. We haven't talked about the crazy neighbor. Oh my gosh, Billy. I loved him. I thought he was great. The snake. Oh my gosh. I, I have two terrifying fears in this one world. Snakes. <laughs> one is snakes. The oh, can I guess one... the other? Is it heights? Yeah. No, I am. Oh. I am slightly afraid of heights, but I'm, I'm okay being up high. Um, I guess it's I don't a, know you at all. I guess you don't, <laughs> but it's crocodiles and alligators. Really? Yeah. And I held a baby crocodile once. No, oh, <laughs> but when, when Billy showed up on the porch with that snake, I was like, oh, God, I you were the little girl. You were the little girl. <laughs> go away <laughs> and 
Oh, okay. Can we talk about Casey for a second? When she was the most adorable girl ever. And when they gave her the bunny, Pepper. when they gave her Pepper, she's like, she's exactly how I saw her in my dreams. Like, oh. <laughs> Yes, I love that little actress. I think she did an amazing job as Casey. She was so cute. And I also love uh, when when he say when when Coop is saying we're not staying, and Mary is saying, Are you joking me? And then Casey runs in and says, Daddy, I finished cl- cleaning up my room. I mean. I think that could have been a blooper that could have been her not remembering her lines or messing up or having a little brain freeze, but they kept it in because that's how kids are. Mm -hmm. And I really, really, really appreciated that moment that they weren't afraid to leave it in because that's what happens with kids. They lose their train of thought for a minute sometimes. So yeah. Yes, but yeah, so the uh, the neighbor saves her. Yeah, neighbor... because he turns out to be a medic. He, mm-hmm. he was a medic in the army. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Mr. Redneck who shoots rabbits and rides on his motorbike and brings a snake over to a seven-year-old? He rushes over <laughs> and starts asking all of these medical questions. Like, who are you? <laughs> right, but it's a good point of not judging somebody by their yes such a such an important lesson yes so he's able to come to her rescue um unfortunately the baby as we know does not make it which you know brings a bit of a crisis for mary and scott mary goes more into a depression while scott just gets more angry about the situation that that scene that that scene was a really interesting take on what can happen with depression Mm -hmm. because they showed it in in fast forward mode. Right. Like a time. And I thought it was, I thought that scene was very clever. How it just shows both of them coming in at different times in different clothes, showing sometimes just Scott sleeping there, sometimes showing Casey sleeping there, sometimes showing both of them sleeping there. And just mm-hmm. to show her sitting there. Right. That entire time, not moving, it shows the passage of time and it shows the toll that this took on her, even though she had had a really hard pregnancy with Casey beforehand and they weren't exactly excited about this other baby. And because of all of the hardship that Mary's body went through the first time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was, that, that was probably one of the more gut-wrenching scenes for me Mm -hmm. yeah um but they both come out of it okay um he makes he finishes his documentary but unfortunately the producer as we have seen it coming twists it all up um and so um, scott kind of remedies the situation by going to the small group and like let's talk about this like kind of a very very like mature response I think like he just like let's just talk and he shows them that he's turning on 
the glasses that he's pushing mm-hmm. the record button. You know, he's he's not he's not trying to hide it anymore. He's saying these are the glasses that I used to get footage. Boom. Let's turn it on. Let's talk. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, so they're able to kind of settle everything and he ends up getting baptized by the end and Mary opens her yoga studio that she wanted to and they're able to just move on and yeah and Shane's wife opens the store in the yoga studio with her products and Billy finds Pepper he was lost for a good portion of the movie I was glad that the snake didn't Didn't eat eat Pepper 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 was saved that was sad (laughs) yes all right are you ready to give us your rating sure I'm a little scared (laughs) um I mean yes it was totally bonkers but it had good parts to it and it had not just good parts but it had deep parts quality parts that had real Mm -hmm. depth and real quality to it so I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one a 6.5 oh okay I thought you were gonna be like really low (laughs) no 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it a two or a three (laughs) (laughs) all right well I was pretty similar I gave it a seven um like you said they they really had some some deep moments and I enjoyed the how they poked fun at things but it it was a bit over the top so they could have they could tone it down but it wasn't bad all right our final movie is our traditional fluffy rom-com kiss the cook which follows Casey, a food blocker, blocker, a food blogger with an impressive following. And she has approached the opportunity to write her own cookbook. The only problem is she isn't a very good cook, but with the help of chef Gavin, they may just have the recipe for success. And this stars Erica Duchman. Is that how you say it? I think so. And Andrew Bushell. And Erica was actually one of the writers, I believe, for this movie. She actually wrote, oh. it, or wrote all of it. I recognize Park, I her. Know. I recognize her from one of the Royal Christmas movies. Yes, she was yes. in one from not this past year, but the year before, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So here's my initial or was question. it or was it 2019 even? I think it's 2020. Oh, okay. Um. But here's my initial question for you. Gosh. Based on just on the summary here, she has a food blog. She wants to write her own cookbook, but she's not a very good cook. So how is she writing recipes for a successful blog if she's not a good cook? See, I don't agree with that. I, she needs a little help on her flavoring and that's why they bring Gavin in. Yeah. But she is a pretty decent cook. Okay. She calls yeah. herself, she calls herself the colorful cook. She has what 1.2 million followers right I'm like you can't be that bad (laughs) you cannot be a successful blogger and not be good on the subject she's more into the aesthetic than the taste and uh and so she just needs a little help because if she's going to make a cookbook that's a bit more official than a blog and so so she needs a little flavor help which is totally fine and he's a chef so you can't get much more amazing than that Mm -hmm. yeah and he's very good chef and he wants his own book deal too but he's just not well known enough I guess um for that to be like a reality right away so that's why well and his kind of meshes them together 
Yeah, well, and his restaurant shut down because it lost so many customers from mm-hmm. one bad review. Okay, when they said the name Francois and then a completely American man comes uh, out, did that throw you for a loop? A little bit. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> Maybe he changed his name to Francois because he felt like it sounded more chefy. <laughs> He's a food critic. <laughs> At he least that's what... more food related. I don't know. Yeah, like more of an expert on food, maybe. Yeah. Makes people believe maybe he likes to um review French cooking. So he has to sound like he knows what he's talking about. I mean, at least it it looked like he was a food critic. Am I correct in that? I think he was because his his review of Gavin's restaurant was the reason or part of the reason that it went. Yeah. Through. So at least he was a food critic. Yeah um but yeah so gavin and casey they kind of clash right off the bat um well of course because they both want it their own way right yeah. they're both very kind of strong-willed people and they end up doing this like cook-off and he gives her some like pointers and then she's like oh no i can't do this i'm not a good cook and da 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 and yeah <laughs> he has to remind her like no you're fine you just need some refinement which we all need in all of our fields, mm-hmm. you know, in, in any given field. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of like takes her to this farm and like starts to teach her some things and they just kind of like experiment with things together as they're like building this cookbook. Like he shows her, which I couldn't believe she didn't know, like how you can get colors from food. <laughs> I was like, isn't this common sense? I mean, she's a blogger not a chef so you know and she just kind of learned what she knew from her grandmother but you can't tell me you've never mashed a blueberry and realized it makes purple (laughs) like things purple no 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 I can't tell you that but you know (laughs) when you grow up using food coloring uh, you don't think of using anything else you just go straight to the food coloring Mm mm-hmm yeah, and um, they experiment with edible flowers as well. Um, all kinds of fun stuff that goes with her, her coloring theme for food. Um, what did you think about these two chemistry-wise as they're doing all this stuff? Half and half. I was, I was on board with their chemistry about half the time. Yeah, I think I would agree. I really loved Gavin. I really like the actor who plays him. I would like mm-hmm. to see him in more. I felt her character came across a little over the top and just kind of ended up annoying me more so than not. I, I, w- I would have to agree slightly. Yeah. However, she looked fabulous and floral. You know? Yes, she, <laughs> that, she did. That white, that white floral dress when she was with uncle leo trying to fix the whole kerfuffle with mm. uh with the copyright of the book and francois stealing the legacy and the story of behind the food that that white floral dress was gorgeous mm-hmm. and um the the floral dress at the end of the movie while not my favorite she still looked pretty good in it so yeah <laughs> yeah Flor- floral is definitely a good look for her yes, <laughs> so. yes definitely um but yeah you mentioned their conflict was that he shares like his his notebook that has like this family recipe in it 
and Francois. Well, no, the gentleman the, that he it, is. It's full of family recipes, and it has a story behind most, right. most if not every recipe. Right. So Francois happens to see this, and what is he going to do except copy it? I mean, what else would you do? <laughs> Which there was no point there yeah. was no point behind that he wasn't about to lose his job i mean it would have been much more beneficial for francois to read that and say oh i should think of a story that i should i should think of a story that come that comes up mm-hmm in my brain when I think about food right you like know? take it more as like an inspiration yeah but copying. there wasn't there wasn't any point there wasn't any point to copy another person's memory right <laughs> you know, didn't not to mention that's probably something you get sued over like I mean well and see that was the part that I didn't really understand the book is dated before the article, but can you just copy a notebook? Can you copyright a notebook like that? I would think you could. I think you can copyright anything if you hmm. like go through the. I, I I really don't know. My my instinct is that you could, but I mean, I don't. As far I just as don't, reputation goes, like just to copy something like that, I mean, it's like plagiarizing, you know? Yeah, and you know, what's, what's the point? Mm -hmm. What, what's the point of plagiarizing and stealing someone else's legacy when you can get called out for it and then your career is ruined. And it would be very easy for them to be like, look, look at this notebook. Like, you know, it'd be very easy to prove that he copied it. Yeah. So that conflict was a little weird as well as the fact that like, I didn't like that Gavin just kind of ghosted her after that. He didn't even really have a conversation. Like, let her explain her side which was that she had nothing to do with it yeah she didn't even know we <laughs> so that was a little a little annoying um but he ends up like watching her live stream and they end up obviously making up i don't remember exactly how it all went down but <laughs> he comes to the book signing hmm. after okay. after watching the live stream and after receiving she she drops off a copy of the book with some wildflowers stuck in the string um and uh and a note that tells her how sorry she is and how she would never do something like that and mm-hmm. and so and then i guess i guess put uh put that note with the cookbook that has his picture and his name on it because yeah. he was just supposed to be a consultant he, and she made him a co-writer. And so putting him on the cup, uh, not on the cover, but on the inside cover and putting his name on the book and then watching the live stream. I mean, who's going to resist after that? <laughs> right, right, yes. So her book is successful. He ends up being successful because he gets a book deal um, resulting from that as well. Um, yeah. Do you have any other comments you want to talk about in this movie? Nope. You covered it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump to our ratings. I gave this one a six. I thought it was cute. Um, 
I did, I just think her character wasn't likable enough for me. And I think if she had been a little more likable, um, it would have worked a little bit better. But it was cute. I mean, it wasn't a horrible movie. And like I said, I really liked Gavin. He really sold it for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a five. Yeah, it just it was not my favorite, but had had good points. Had had good points. Uh, just there were there were some choices I couldn't get behind, but it was yeah. not ter- It was not terrible. Right. So we have a all four of these movies. I feel like we're kind of middle of the pack for what we've seen. Um, but I think we have some good looking ones coming for for May. So we shall see. I will give everybody a preview and tell them I've already watched Aloha with Love. So and <laughs> is it I'm worth not- the watch? Yeah, it's worth the watch, but I'm not saying any more than that. Oh, Kimmy, yeah. tease. <laughs> yes, well, I guess I now am. we all have to go watch it and see for ourselves. <laughs> but we'll be back for uh, next month to go over the May movies. And um, be sure, of course, you're following us across all social media, Hallmarkies Pod or Hallmarkies Podcast. And Cami, where can people find you and your loveliness on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cami Drama Girl. You can find me and Jess on Deliver Me a Podcast. And you can find me on Hardy's Hotline. Awesome. And you can find me at Jess BSW Blog on Twitter and Instagram, or you can check out my website, BeneathStillWaters.com. I do a lot of book reviews there and try to update it with all of my podcast stuff when I can. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to comment what you thought about these movies, if you like them or not. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody.